You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hi, Tim. Hi, Sean. Happy Thanksgiving. Let me let me take this opportunity, Sean, to, to say I'm thankful for you, my oh. friend. We've oh. been friends for 30 years. God damn it. Yeah. And, a long time. Uh, and I, I appreciate you and your friendship. I appreciate that you remain friends with me after I stopped playing in the Kennedito, but I just knew it was all going to come to an end. The Kennedito is our annual Thanksgiving morning touch football game. We've been playing actually longer than 30 years. It started five years before I met you, or at least I started playing in it five years before I met you. But yeah, we haven't played since 2019 for various reasons, somewhat obvious reasons. Yeah. in 2020. And then so... Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're back on the field in 2023. But you're right; it might be over. I think at some point in time, people you, you, they get into other routines. You know, right. it was like if I if I were to try to play this year, it'd be like, oh, I've got all this to do. And although actually, this is like the perfect year because we're not traveling for Thanksgiving this year for the first time in forever. No, uh, you're not headed down south, southern Minnesota this year <laughs> to Austin. To Austin, the real Austin. Well. <laughs> the, the the place where spam is made. So yes, I would argue yes, it's the, that's real, the Austin. real Austin. The spam museum is there, mm-hmm. right? That's the used to be the former home of I think like the Miss Minnesota pageant. Oh wow, I did I, not know that. I remember seeing that as a kid and hearing it was in Austin and thinking Austin, Texas, and being told by my family that Texas Minnesota is not in Texas, so it can't be that. <laughs> like there's a place in Minnesota called Austin. Yep. Isn't it funny how uh, the, the childhood mind works? Yeah, I, I was I was really young. Yeah. So, Sean, tell me about Scott Fishbowl, buddy. Should we start on a good note or on a bad note? So here's the deal. I did not make the playoffs. Mm. I'm going to put that on the table. And here's the thing. It is my fault. It oh. is 100%. I mean, obviously it's your fault, right. but if I missed it by 10 points. <gasps> wow. And I started Jerry Judy this week. Oof. Who didn't play? Who who did you start Judy over? What I, I can't remember. I had like three or four guys that scored in the ten points that were necessary. I yes. Easily. All I had to do was check to make sure that Judy was out was in. Whatever. I, I played uh, I looked and I saw something earlier it said he'd play and so I upset it and I forgot it and then I didn't go back. Which mm. <laughs> is such an amateur hour mistake. Also Earlier this year, I had another week where I was like headed out of town or something like that, and uh, I had three guys on the bench. So like very easily, could have made the playoffs. Yeah, should have. It, it's it's I'm that guy. I'm that guy in your league that doesn't set the lineup. In my defense, all my players are injured all the time, so I did actually spend a lot of time jumping through hoops. But I just yep. When it counted, you didn't do it. When it counted, I didn't do it. Sad. So. 
I, I did make the playoffs. But I did beat Garrett Price this week. Oh, okay. oh you badly. Were, you were playing were you actually playing against him? Yes. Oh nice. Yeah. Although uh, you know, he got the last laugh because he's in the playoffs and I'm not. Garrett Price is a host of the Dynasty Nerds podcast, so yep. in case in case you're not a listener but to personally, that. Personally, I will always be able to say that I beat him head to head. Uh, with I had only a, ten of my players. I I had a chance to beat there's a guy in our league or in my division that is ten and all in, oh, in really? division play. Yeah. Wow. In just in I don't know, I assume he's probably doing well against the rest of the the, the pool. Most as likely. Well. But uh I I've I could have easily beaten him, but I started Zach Wilson over Andy Dalton. Dalton You're had making a, the playoffs and those are your choices? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, and Tom Brady is and Derek Carr. Like I, it's amazing I've done as well as I have because those quarterbacks have been you letting me down. You must have Travis Kelsey on your team. Oh, I do have Kelsey, thank God. There you go. But I, so I started Zach Wilson over Dalton because I, I was hearing rumblings Dalton might get benched. Um, and then I started Kadarius Tony and Mike Williams, who I think saw like three snaps between them this week. Yeah, Williams had a sweet catch and then got yeah. injured. Yep. Re- wow. Yeah, aggravated. So. Yeah, I got. Uh, I think Zach Wilson netted me minus two points, and I'm okay. not kidding. Yeah, Dalton no. had 35, so it cost me 37 points that decision. Wow. Um, yeah, and then of course I got you know nothing out of Tony. But you're in the playoffs, and so I get to root for you. Yay! Yep. And I will hopefully I can provide any you know lineup advice you need. I'm really good at finding the guys that aren't going to play. <laughs> Given what you just said about your lineup, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not sure to I'm mention. In, turn in, to not you to mention in advice. our league, I, uh, I, did, I, I pulled some possible shenanigans to in our to, salary in cap our salary league? cap league, right? To you know, I, I signed uh, Graham Gano, and then I cut him and I used him as an emergency player, which is, you know, I thought clever, but not clever enough to have fate reward me with zero points <laughs> zero two oh. mixed extra points all your shenanigans see that's just karma Sean. it is karma every single time i do something like that and i think i've been clever it always ends up worse it backfires yep. all right let's move on to our episode today sean we have a list of torpedo players these are players that maybe you've been counting on all season now, long what do we used to call them we used to call them uh, landmines. landmines, right? But yeah, but but then we came up with this new metaphor that they're torpedo players that threaten to sink your championship. Yeah, I that was and we and we that, all we, that punter, all that punnery is that's straight Tim Kennedy right there. That's that's what you, when you're friends with Tim Kennedy, you get that <laughs> every day. And I think we came up with that on on air on recording while we were recording it. <laughs> we might have. So and even though I'm teasing about it, I actually may have contributed to that. So I think you did. Who knows? I think you did. We're going to start with running back, Sean. I have a list of three guys. Um, what what's what's the point? You just of, looked at my roster, right? What? what I see bef- that before we jump into it. What should people be thinking about? So they hear these names. They've been counting on these guys all year. What what should people do if they have one of these guys? Well, so that's so that's the thing is. I know how I the, I selected I selected guys that I thought you could maybe afford to get out of. There are players that even if they got bad matchups, you still have to ride them anyway. So maybe it depends on how bad it looks. So that's 
let's talk about let's your guys. Let's it. see. Yeah. And maybe use this episode in in uh, conjunction with last week's episode, where you have people who are playing a soft schedule mm-hmm. going forward, and if you can mix and match there, maybe get one for the other. Mixing match is that foreshadowing? Yes. Um, right. So no, I, what I would say is is here's the deal. So if you got a player like the, I, I'm looking at the players you got listed, at least two of them are pretty much every week starters if they're playing. But if you're, you just keep in mind that it might be time to if you've got if you've got a little bit of depth there to maybe move to somebody else. That's really what it comes down to. Or if you if it's a bad enough problem, then do you make it if you still have trading available to you? Do you make a trade to acquire something that is going to be better for you in the playoffs? Honestly, all these players are tradable. You can trade, you can trade these guys for guys that are of similar value that may have, maybe have better playoff matchups. Right. All right. So my first guy is Josh Jacobs, and it, like you just said, it sounds ridiculous to some degree. This is a guy on your roster currently. <laughs> he was on my. He's on both my rosters. Yes. yes. So Josh Jacobs, he's the running back four in points per game and overall right now. So are you seriously going to bench him? I don't know. But here's what's been going on with him all year. He's been up and down. Four, oh, I, I did my research a little early, Sean, so I didn't include last week's game. He, he, had, he had like 160 yards and no touchdowns. Okay, so I'm going to go with four of the 11 games he's played. He's had 10 points or less in half PPR. But he's also had three of those 10 games that he played up until that point, or three of the 11 now. He was up around 30 points. So he's that kind of classic boom-bust running back this year. And it doesn't seem to be defense-specific. So when as I go through this, this strength of schedule uh, defenses here, it may not matter. He's had big games against good defenses, and he's had bad games against not-so-good defenses. But... If it plays into what's happening here, uh, Jacobs plays the Rams, who's the eighth-ranked defense against running backs in Week 14. He plays the number one Patriots, number one team against the run in Week 15, and the number two-ranked team against running backs in Week 17. That's the 49ers. That's that's a pretty rough schedule. It's a rough schedule. And that's exactly why I traded for the playoffs, I, I, I acquired a, a guy named Joe Mixon. Maybe you've heard heard of him. So I should be in the clear. I, I have heard of him, and he's my second guy on, <sighs> on the list of potential torpedo right. players. <laughs> Joe Mixon uh, was running back 19 in points per game before that blow-up game in Week 9. And in that game, you'll probably remember, he had over 200 yards and five touchdowns. That's why I got him. I figured... He can do that every week, right? Sure. Well, maybe. I mean, his big game did come against the Panthers, who are the 27th-ranked defense against running backs. He might miss some time now also with the concussion that he got this week. But if he does play next week, he plays against the 4th-ranked running back defense in the Titans. Uh, and then if we move into the playoffs, in Week 15 he plays against the Bucks, and which I mentioned earlier. Uh, no, I didn't. They're the the Bucks are the third ranked defense against the run, and then the Patriots. That's why I mentioned earlier the so best running basically back between Jacobs, in week sixteen between between Jacobs and Mixon, I'm playing uh, the top four run defenses. One, two, three, four. You and the and the number one twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
but they're they're not. I can they're they're a little bit staggered. Week fifteen is a problem, but but yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, that that's interesting um, and not good for me, but it it is what it is. The deal was one that I had. I felt I had to do. So. Right. So again, you just got to take a look at what else is available to you. What else do you have on your roster? Can you substitute another player? Yeah. The the thing about Mixon, I think, is interesting. Is just because he had that huge week, and then he went out this last week with a concussion pretty early, and Samaji Piran had three touchdowns. So would Mixon have gotten those or gotten at least some of those? I mean, like he might have been on ready for another really big week, but he has been pretty disappointing up in, other than just a week or two this year. So he is kind of a frustrating his entire career has been a, as a frustrating player, I think. I agree. So, yep. And the last running back I'll bring up is Aaron Jones. He's the running back 14 in points per game right now. He is also like Josh Jacobs. He's been up and down all season. Uh, five of his 11 games have been in single digits in half PPR. And there was a sixth game out of the 11 where he had only 11 points. Um, it also, again, like Josh Jacobs, it doesn't seem to be defense specific. He's had good games against bad de- or good games against good defenses and bad games against bad defenses. So it's maybe a little hard to predict. But here are his uh, matchups. He has tougher matchups in the playoffs, sort of. He's he plays the bye in week fourteen. Yeah, that the, the bye is killer. It's a killer. It always shuts you out. Yep, just. You're going to get zero points out of him in week 14. I can guarantee it. Guarantee it. And then and then in week 15, he plays against the number eight ranked Rams. And in week 16, the number 12th ranked Dolphins. So a little easier schedule than the first two guys that I brought up. Uh, but just something to consider in those playoff weeks. He's got some tough matchups. Yeah, that's that one's I'm a little less favorite, but I also am a little less excited about Aaron Jones anyway. Like he's not really a player that's been winning people games. So he's one of those if you if you've been kind of limping along with him, it might be it might be time to, to, to go to plan B. Wanna hear about some tight ends? I do. All right. So not, I, not only are we gonna talk about tight ends, but we're gonna talk about tight ends that are not gonna be good. Yeah, that's true. We're gonna talk about bad tight ends. So the uh first one I would like to bring up is David and Joku. And Njoku, I think, is currently tight end nine, which, as you know, tight end five to tight end 35 is not a whole lot different. But he's, no, it's a little bit better than that. He's Is that points per game? Because he's missed some games. It's not. Okay. Points, well, it's not, it actually might be points per game, but he was not terribly, terribly productive. I don't think it's t- points per game. Weeks two through seven basically until he got injured and not including this last week where he, he played a little bit. Um, he was tight in three. Okay. So it, it wouldn't be crazy to rely on him. Um, and the next four weeks, he's actually fine. Um, he does, uh, he, he's got fine matchups. So you feel free to ride him weeks 12, 13, 14, 15. However, in your fantasy semifinals and championship, um, he are playing the top two defenses versus the tight end. Mm. So that um, the problem there is 
isn't just that it's like a little bit of a hit. Like if you look at production, sometimes saying what the what the defense is in terms of a rank uh, is helpful, but I find um, what, more helpful is to look at what the effect on the production is. And he's basically against these teams. They're, they're, they're basically restricting tight ends uh, 41% less and 36.7% less. And the top, the top two T uh, top two defensives respectively. Right? Yeah. That's what right. You're so that's, so, and that's New Orleans and Washington. We kind of talked about them briefly last week, but they've just been killers against the tight end position. And, and that's kind of what we talk about when we talk about tor- torpedo players that are going to sink your fantasy championship. Right. Um, so Njoku is, is, that's a major factor. Another thing you have to think about is that Deshaun Watson's about to come back. I don't know what that means. I don't know, given how the team's doing, are they going to, I mean, Jacoby Brissett's won games and has looked good occasionally. Right. Um, I'm presuming they're just going to turn the, turn the reins over to Watson. Um, he might never, be super rusty. Like he looked rusty in the preseason. He did not look good. Um, he's never had top tight end production. Uh, that said, uh, about one fifth of all of his touchdowns in Houston went to tight ends, and those are mediocre people like Jordan Aikens and Darren Fells. So David Njoku is going to be the best tight end I think that he's played with, and they don't have a lot of great receiving targets. I think Amari Cooper will fit in nicely with Deshaun Watson, but Peoples Jones, I, I, I think there's a chance that that Njoku and, and Watson end up being a, a good team. Uh, but there's also a chance that just it ends up being ugly. Yeah, and that's, could. And that's the thing I'd be worried about is like, are you going to feel comfortable starting Njoku with Watson as his quarterback the first time that they play together. Right. I have a question for you, Sean. Mm. My impression when we talk about defenses against a position, Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, and I've not, I've not done the research, but I want to see if you share this, that the teams that are bad, that are good against tight ends, like that seems to be more impactful. Like what, whatever teams do against the tight end position, if they're really good against tight ends, it does end up just really shutting them down. Whereas, like, I just mentioned a bunch of running backs that, or a couple of running backs that, you know, they they do well against some of those good defenses against running backs. Do you, Does that, do you feel like that that... I think it depends is, on what kind of defense it is. In the tight end the position is one that I think, I think you can, it is a, 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 a position that a defense can be, can be schemed, so they're, they're going to emphasize that. Whereas with running back, the thing is, is some of some of these running backs are going to get their yardage through the air if they're not getting it on the ground. So they have they have game script. I think plays a bigger role with running backs than it does tight end as well. So the defenses maybe are a little more predictive. Like you, you have the linebacker personnel to actually cover right. the tight end, or, yeah. or and the another team doesn't. Whoever's or doing safety. it, but yeah, if you've got the right personnel to handle that and sometimes it is matchup dependent it's going to be is the tight end a a big guy or is he a fast guy and you know what i mean so um but no i do think that 
tight end is one of those positions where this can matter more. Yeah. Okay. I got two other tight ends I want to talk about. They are a little less exciting because probably fewer people are relying on them. But one is Kate Otten. I, I actually, he's he's on my Scott Fishbowl team. There you go. And I've had to play him here and there. So he's tight end 12 overall. In, since week four, he's tight end six in terms of yardage, right? Not, not quite as many touchdowns. There still is no sign of, of one Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Right. So that would all seem to be think that would be a, a good thing for, uh, for Mr. Otten. Um, the next three weeks, he plays against uh, very tough tight end defenses in terms of Cleveland, New Orleans, aforementioned New Orleans, and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, so I think that's a problem. Um, that said, um, he's got a fabulous matchup in week 16 uh, against Atlanta, who I think is giving up 71% more points to the, the tight end position than, than, uh, than average. So that's, that he's, he might be a good matchup. If you, if you have Njoku, like you would probably still be stuck with a problem in your championship week, but basically they might be, because Njoku is fine until that one week. And if you have, if you've got a out in that week, then you might be fine. But that's one way of kind of Solving this problem is sure. finding a couple players that will play well together. And Otten might actually be well. He probably is not on waivers anymore, but he no, might be. But he's not. Be. The problem with Otten is if you if you're trying to trade with somebody who's got Otten, they might be thinking that Otten is like the tight end of the future, and they just are sitting. Right. So that's the problem. Is like, you know, you're almost better off if somebody has like spent a bunch of cash on Otten, and they can, it's not a great salary, and you can just use them for the year and then and then cut them. You know. Uh, the last guy I will mention is Juwan Johnson. Um, he's tight end nine on the season. It's really unimpressive in my point of view, my, from my point of view. He's super t- uh, touchdown dependent. Uh, he's, but he's catching a lot of touchdowns. But he is catching a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> I just get wary about that. He's got a bye uh, week 14, and then um, he's got a bad matchup uh, this week and in the semifinal and in the title game. So I, I just, between those three things he's essentially not playable the rest of the year so unless you're a real big believer in Juwan johnson long term i just don't he's not a guy that i would waste a roster spot on honestly like i'm not sure what to make of him long term um i don't feel like he's established himself as like the next up-and-coming tight end not with that kind of touchdown dependency right so for me um, if the, if he's my plan going into the playoffs, like I'm, I, I'm looking for Plan B. All right, he has a he's a young. I think he's twenty. He's twenty six. He's twenty six. Yeah. Um, so I can see. Yeah, the age is fine. I just I, I, no, I agree. You, we we've talked many times about Dawson not de- not depending on guys. touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, and he's on a team with <clears throat> with a great receiver in, in Olave and whatnot. So I, is he ever going to be kind of like the guy? Right. I don't see it. All right. On to receivers? Sure. All right. I have a couple names for you. This is a position where there weren't a lot of players that have really lousy uh, matchups, like a consistent set of them the rest of the season here. Uh, But the couple of names that I came across here, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's tied for the wide receiver 27 in points per game right now. He has a really, really tough schedule going forward. In week... 
in weeks 13 through 17 coming up, he plays the 10th-ranked Bengals, the number two-ranked Broncos, the number four-ranked Texans, the number seventh-ranked Seahawks, and the number two-ranked Broncos again in week 17. So those are the matchups that he faces going forward, really tough matchups against wide receivers. I don't know if you're really necessarily counting on uh, Smith-Schuster, but he's a playable receiver at number 27 overall. Uh, but just if you have another option for that number three receiver, you, you might want to be considering that. Is any schedule, like with Pat Mahomes, is any schedule a bad schedule? Like that's, that's for me, is the question, and, and what are the alternatives? So we've got Sky Moore, who showed some life, Right, we've got Kadarius Tony, who has the mysterious element yet again. So, I, I do I, feel that nobody's just going to shut down Pat Mahomes, right? No, but I do think that they can shut down one of his weapons. I think Kelsey's probably it's matchup. It's just all going to be Kelsey, isn't it? I think so. I I like. I don't. I think that was like the number one thing I said. Told everybody is like, if I could give one piece of advice to anybody is. Travis Kelsey should be the one player that every team should be trying to get. Yeah. I think Smith Schuster right now is wide receiver 27. I, I would bet one American dollar. It goes down from there. Okay. Yeah. I just right. think he's going to have a tough, tough end of the year here. He's, he does. He's not even have 27 by himself. He's sharing it with somebody, isn't he? That's right. He's sharing it with Michael Pittman. Who's the second guy that has a relatively bad road going forward. Uh, he is, like I just said, he's tied at number 27 in points per game. Um, I guess you said that, Sean. Uh, but he's got some tough matchups in the playoffs. Number 11, Chargers, uh, week 16, and then the number 5, Giants, in week 17. So he's, It doesn't he's, necessarily seem like completely torpedo-y. But, no. But, his, but it is the semis and the finals. And he's really just... It, it, Along with everybody else in the Colts, he's just been kind of disappointing. He has been. Yeah, because people were talking about him as an, a wide receiver one. Oh, I think week one, I think he blew up and everybody's like, see, I told you Michael Pittman's going to be like the top five wide receiver, and then it didn't happen. Right. And so It takes more than just talent. It takes a quarterback, too. True. So people might be relying on him even more than they probably want to. If if he's occupying that wide receiver one space for them, mm-hmm. so don't don't be afraid to pivot at least in those last couple of weeks in the playoffs. I know what you want to talk about now. Are we going to talk kickers? We're going to talk kickers. Yes. Who do you um, got, Sean? Okay, I'm I'm going to tell you at great peril about the problems with Brett Maher, oh. the number one rated kicker in most. Leagues. And you're gonna you're gonna tell us this is just in case you don't know who because these people are anonymous is Dallas Cowboys. You're gonna tell us that he you shouldn't be playing him. He kicks on a top offense, just destroyed our Minnesota Vikings. Um, that was oh. that was hard to watch. I didn't. I watched little bits and pieces of it, and then I just would get disgusted and walk away. Yeah, it's kind of what I did. Yeah, I spent the day doing like. Anything else? Anything I else? Cleaned like hair out of my trap in my shower drain. Okay, you literally <laughs> just made everybody turn off the, the radio. 
Um, yeah. That didn't happen. We can just erase that. It did not happen. I didn't clean any hair no, out of my of shower. No. Um, I can't believe you just even repeated it. <laughs> no, everybody's done it, Sean. All right. Sorry. At <laughs> any rate. You, took you off the rails. No, I know. It's like, uh, was the hair, was it moist? Mm, no, just <laughs> I'm ready to move on now. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So their playoff run uh, is Jacksonville, Philly, and Tennessee, who are the number two, the number six, and number four ranked defenses against the kicker, kicker position, averaging about 25% fewer points. That's a significant drop-off. Yeah. All three of them, your entire playoffs, now that you have to weigh that against the fact that Dallas is a good offense and, you know, what the alternatives are. Because you can go somebody who's got a, you know, has a, a, a good matchup, um, like Chase McLaughlin, but, you know, the Colts aren't aren't as reliable. So there is, there is that. Um, basically, I like the, the Cowboys offense enough that I'm probably sticking it out with Mar. But um if I could find my way into another top kicker, I would I would transition that way, you know, if there's sure. if there's a thing to move. Now now the Vikings couldn't stop anything on Sunday. Uh I mean, I I'm trying to figure out was it did they get seven touchdowns or was it I don't know. Okay. Could have been seven, could have been seven hundred. But it, but I'm just saying like that might be you know, they might be a good offense, but if they're scoring touchdowns too oh, readily, that yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, seven extra points yeah. isn't. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good baseline. That's true. Um, the other guy I would mention is Greg Deleg, which um, he's. I don't. I don't even know what he's rostered at. He surprisingly is is the tenth rated or ranked uh, place kicker in the league. Um, he's got negative scripts. Um, the rest of the year, pretty much. And he's got two killers, what I call the killers, um, Buffalo and Jacksonville. So so he's, those are, and honestly, I just don't, I just don't trust the Jets offense at all. Oh so, my gosh. So no. even though he has been productive, I think it's been productive on the, on the back of weak offense and, and field goals and, eh, all it takes is that weak offense to get a little bit weaker, and then you end up with a bad number. So I would avoid him. All right. And that's Greg Zerline. I assume everybody knows Greg the leg, but just in case. Espos. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. All right. Maybe, to- Greg the, maybe Greg the leg was like all like, that's so circa 2017 or something, 2017. It's, yeah. it's a good, it's a very good nickname. If I was a kicker, that might be one of my favorite nicknames, yeah. Yeah. It, almost up there with Dicker the Kicker. <laughs> There's a guy, he plays for the, uh, I think it's the Chargers. Like, he's the new sensation, because he's like a new kicker. He's yet to miss a kick in the NFL, mm. and his last name is Dicker. So people, Dicker, the, Dicker the Kicker. People picked up on Dicker the Kicker. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. All right. Quarterbacks, huh, Sean? Yeah. All right. Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback mm. seven in points per game right now. He faces a pretty tough road here going forward as well. 
the remaining weeks, uh, week 17 is okay, uh, but weeks 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16, he's facing some really tough defenses against quarterbacks. It's the Texans in week 12. They're the third-ranked 49ers in week 13, the eighth-ranked. And that's a team that's, I think, is surging. Yeah, the 49ers look really good on defense. The Chargers are the 12th-ranked against quarterbacks in week 14. Seventh, number seventh ranked Bills in week 15, and the number six ranked Packers in week 16. So, and those are also like, are those do you, I don't know if the Bills and Packers games are on the road or at home because for me, that's that's you know, those are some pretty bad, those um, could be bad places to play. Yeah, yeah, the weather the Green Bay game, um, is uh, is in Green Bay, but the Buffalo game is in Buffalo. No, no, the Green Bay game's in Miami. Okay. Buffalo, Buffalo game is in Buffalo. So that could be a nasty game. Unless they get another six-foot snowfall. Yeah, they go to a dome, yeah. yeah. Unlikely. But, um, so six yeah. Six feet. Six feet. Have you seen the like, videos of it? I did. I, actually, I haven't. I've seen some, yeah. I'm some intended video. to. I really want to go see crazy videos of, of, but like I'm guessing like riffs collapse and stuff, you know? I think some of them, some did, yeah. I think we only had like a foot and a half in the, in the dome the old dome roof collapse. So mm-hmm. can you imagine if you had some huge roof like that collapse? Yeah, it, it could be a bad scene. could be a bad scene. So, yeah, I mean, and Tua, he, he's been looking great. He's put together a nice string of games. Uh, I don't know that we've really seen him, you know. His game, though, is so dependent on, like, run after the catch stuff that, like, I wonder how much of that you can stop, right? You sure. know what I mean? Like, so it might be less indicative of how Tua might play. Yeah, a, a, a teams be, that are good against that's quarterbacks. That's such a murderer's row, though. That 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 it would I would be wanting to. It would be a close call on starting a pretty good quarterback against versus you know like maybe somebody who's not quite as good but has way better matchups. You know. And this might be uh, an especially good one to go back and listen to the quarterbacks from last episode and just see if if it makes sense to either make a switch or pick up one of those guys from the list. Right. All right. Justin Fields uh, is the second quarterback I wanted to bring up. Quarterback six in points per game right now. He's really come on strong here uh, lately. He suffered a dislocated shoulder this past week, and he's either day-to-day or it could end his season. Matt Aberflus is not sure. (laughs) Aberflus. He's, he said he's day-to-day, but, uh, yeah, his season might be over. So I don't Maybe know that they mean that um, – did he say it before or after he saw what happened with the, to the Vikings? Because maybe he was thinking maybe we're just going to park the – you know, put him whatever on, on blocks and save him for next year. Fields, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know when the comment was made. But anyway, assuming he does play um, – it doesn't look good who he's playing against. He also just has from weeks 12 through 16, it's it's just tough. Number 10 Jets in week 12, number 6 Packers in week 13. There's that, that bye defense mm. in week 14. And then in week 15 against the number 1 Eagles and the number 7 Bills in week 16. So The Eagles are number 1. Eagles are number 1. So I with Fields... I would, what I would be interested in, I don't know that there's enough data to really tease this out, but he's not, he's not really producing as a passer yet. 
So does that change things? I think it might. Like for me, it's, you know, good defenses are good defenses, but I would be, I would probably, when trying to decide whether to start them or not, I would probably look at guys who like Hertz or, um, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson and, and see how those guys have performed against these defenses. And that's not, a, that's not going to give you a lot of data. I don't think we tease that out because I just don't think there's, you're, you're talking about a game, you know, you're probably, you might be looking at a game or two to see, but I might look at that because if he, if he can run, then he can run. Maybe we should have done that for people. Maybe, except the problem is that I've gone down this path before where you really have data of just one game and it doesn't really mean much. You can say, oh, I mean, it gets another data point, but like, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to tell people to do something based upon one. Sure. See, look, you know, whatever, Lamar Jackson ran for 100 yards against this person or this team or whatever last, you know, in, in 2021 or something yeah. like eh. All right. Not actionable. Sure. Last guy, I also think this is not actionable because I don't think anybody's going to bench Patrick Mahomes. That would be so hard to do. <laughs> but he, the only person I know who would do a move like that would be Justin Bode. Yeah. He would, he would do he would, Given the right circumstance, yeah, he would do it. He might. He's the only one I would know. He's an analytics oh, guy. Also, um, Yatin. Yatin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> guy, guy who benched Breeze for Kirk Cousins in the championship. That took some guts to do. You got to give him credit for having guts, I guess. Guts? <laughs> you got just guts. Nothing, yeah, just the guts. Nothing else. All right, Patrick Mahomes, uh, weeks, it's it's all bad. Uh, 12, 13, 14, 15. I guess week 16 isn't too bad for Mahomes, but he plays the number 11 Rams in week 12, the Bengals in week 13, they're number five. The Broncos twice, and they're the second-ranked defense against quarterbacks in Week 14 and 17, and then the number three Texans in Week 15. So that is so brutal. It's just that is brutal. So brutal. But it's, but Mahomes. it's Mahomes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could walk away from that one, but um, but, but just just be aware. I don't yeah, know. it yeah. just really takes one of these defenses shutting him down. But um, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. The only one, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah a lot. You're just looking at this list and, and wondering just, how the universe allowed this to happen. It, it seems manifestly unfair. <laughs> oh, you need, the, you need the opener shot? I do need the opener. Okay. Were you just going to? Oh. <laughs> that didn't go so well. I mean, if you're uh if you're thinking about starting a quarterback over Pat Mahomes, don't choose Tim Kennedy. <laughs> I'm trying. That thing's a serious bottle opener. If you did- also don't choose Tim Kennedy I, as a receiver. I didn't. Want- <laughs> I didn't want to throw it into your laptop. Uh, okay, so should I, should I talk about defenses? Yes, here? yes. Let's wrap it up with defenses. Okay. Always exciting talking about defenses. The big, the big no-no. If you have. Uh, if you're trying to choose a defense, you don't you don't want your defense playing Dallas, Tampa Bay, Miami, or shockingly the Raiders. They just um, don't cough the ball up. I, I I'm not sure what it is, um, but they are giving up I think 25 percent less points. Some of these other ones are closer to 50. 
obviously you can imagine Tom Brady, uh, Tua, um, and Dak are, are not turning the ball over a ton. And, and uh, so that's, that's a thing there for them. Um, so San Francisco is rostered in almost every league that has defense uh, special teams. Um, they haven't been actually great anyway. But they have good personnel, and actually, that team is kind of surging. But they, they played. They haven't been great for fantasy. You're saying? Yeah, I mean, they've been okay. Okay. They've been okay. Uh, they play uh, Tampa week 14. That's a bad one. Vegas in week 16. They also play Miami, who is the number one worst defense to play over the last five weeks, at least, giving up almost 80 percent fewer fantasy points to defenses at that during that time. Uh, they played them, I think, week 13 or, or something like that. 13, 12? I don't know. It's on my list. Um, 13. So uh, I, I'd avoid San Francisco. I mean, I'd keep them for this week because they play New Orleans, and that's a good matchup for them. But after that, I would be looking elsewhere. Um, the Colts, I, no one has the Colts, but they have they have not good matchups. Uh the Washington defense and special teams. <clears throat> that's what I'm calling them now. Washington okay. defense and special teams. Okay. Um, they're currently, uh, I mean, every system has a little bit of difference in terms of how you score things, but uh, on defense, special teams, especially, it's not as simple as like half point PPR, right? Right. Um, but they're number eight in fantasy data, data's rankings. Um, they've, but they've got, Low level negativity every single week being just. Playing. What does that mean? Yeah, just the, everybody is a little bit not as good. Um, so they're playing. Their run defense is pretty, pretty awesome. Now. It is. It is. But ultimately, their uh, their opponents all do pretty good at not giving up points to defenses. Okay. Um, and they have a bye. They've got a bye week fourteen, I think, as well. So, um, I hate the I hate the bye in the playoffs. Yeah, well, although it's actually, quite. it's not the playoffs. It's not quite it's the playoffs, the but it's still it's divisional matchups. Yeah. Where it's like if this is if this was a college, it'd be like rivalry week. Right? There's so, no buys this week in week twelve. Yeah, you could just do it then. Yeah, they 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 wanted everybody playing on Thanksgiving um, or <clears> Thanksgiving <throat> weekend anyway. Yeah, um, Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> Eagles are great to have. Um, I wouldn't. I would be just fine rolling, continuing to roll with Philadelphia. But I think you need to have a plan for Week 16 because they play Dallas, and and basically Dallas isn't giving up a whole lot. So um, I, I would just sometimes this is just like, especially with something like defense special teams, and I don't know if you have to have a your your. Your guys signed. Your, your rosters are frozen during the playoffs or something. It might be, it might be a week to to find it to find a defense with a good matchup that one week, and then you just maybe maybe don't play Philadelphia against Dallas. Um, sneaky good replacement. Actually, Los Angeles Chargers have an amazing week sixteen and week seventeen matchups versus the Colts and the Rams, and you can imagine that those are two teams that are just going in the crapper mm-hmm. and. Um, and the Chargers are getting a little healthier. They've had a lot of problems with with injuries. They're ranked like number thirty. They're terrible. Like they have been terrible, but I can see that changing a little bit. It would be a bold play to go with them, but um, but but sometimes like 
matchups are, are can be gold and those are really good matchups and so you could just roll with pick up pick up the chargers and pair them up with your eagles defense or something like that and and roll with the chargers and in, in that in that uh, tough matchup well once again sean i think in terms of the fantasy analyst community mm-hmm. nobody does kickers and defenses like you do um, it's there, just there are there are a few people top notch there are a few people who do kickers there are do there are a few people who do kickers, but um, but uh, I haven't seen anybody who's a special defense special teams guru. So maybe that's the name of your website. That your might new be website. that might be my future. Um, by the way, stop playing with kickers and defense. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do, we're here for you. There you go. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for our uh, our torpedo players episode. Coming up, uh, we have an episode on late season, late season, end of season stashes. These are guys who maybe are showing the, some glimmers of hope and might be uh, good guys to stash on the end of your bench for yep. minimum salary yep. before the season ends. That's a that's always a fun episode because you never know what happens in the off season, and sometimes those late late season stashes end up being. Valuable last year, two years ago, it was Gronk. I picked him up at the minimum. He was very good, very good for me last year. It's this kinda, year, not so much. It's kind of like playing with Monopoly money. You just like, ah, oh, I'll throw a minimum bid on this guy. Yep. And then it can turn into gold. It can yep, turn yep, into yep. Park Place and Boardwalk. Boardwalk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I went down the Monopoly road, but there it is. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week, everybody. We look forward to doing this again next time and until then bye-bye thank you for listening to another episode of steel join our community on the steel pod facebook group and follow us on twitter at steel pod